close the goddamn doors. Let's start with eeny, meeny, miny, moe. Let's get a question from a hoe. Welcome to the Geek Generation. I am your host, Rob Logan, and this is the second panel being released this week. This is the John Barrowman Q&A panel from this year's Boston Comic-Con. Before we get to the panel itself, just a couple quick ways you can help keep this show free and support what we do. One way is if you're an Amazon shopper, you can go to thegeekgeneration.com slash Amazon, and when you do your shopping, your regular shopping on Amazon, anything that you buy, a little piece of that money will come our way. It doesn't cost you any extra money, and you're helping us out in the process. In addition to that, you can also support us by going to thegeekgeneration.com slash support. That is our Patreon page where you can sign up to become a patron of The Geek Generation. When you sign up, you choose an amount that you'd like to donate, and that amount will automatically be donated each month. If you decide at some point that you don't want to donate anymore, you can cancel your donation at any time. There are no penalties whatsoever. We're asking that you donate a dollar a month. Uh, if you'd like to donate more, if you're feeling extra generous, we appreciate that too. But a dollar a month isn't too much to ask for, I hope. Again, if you'd like to help us out there, that's thegeekgeneration.com slash support. So today's panel, like I said, this is the John Barrowman Q&A panel from this year's Boston Comic-Con. You might know John as Captain Jack Harkness from Doctor Who and Torchwood. You might know him as Malcolm Merlin from Arrow. Or you might know him from any number of other things that he's done. As this is a Q&A, some of the questions are a little quieter because the people asking were off mic. I did my best to make them as understandable as possible, but I apologize if you can't hear every single question perfectly. John does repeat some of them, so hopefully you'll get the gist of what's going on. It's really about his answers anyway. Uh, and I did see John, too, at San Diego Comic-Con in addition to Boston Comic-Con. I don't have that one recorded but his Boston panel was just as good. He's entertaining every time you hear some different stories every time. If he's at a convention near you, I highly recommend you go to one of those conventions and definitely check out this panel. It is fantastic. So let's not waste any more time. This is the John Barrowman Q&A from Boston Comic-Con. Occasionally. 
<laughs> For those of you who have kids in the audience, good luck explaining this on the way home. Um, uh, a lot of you were here, how many were here yesterday with uh, Eva and you? Greedy sons of bitches. Not letting other people have a chance to have a bit of me. Um, what I usually do is I, I take questions and I feed this to me in a bitch. And for that, I ain't answering yours. <laughs> Not regeneration, but rebuilding itself. 
We know that can happen. So there's got to be a point where when this particular thing happens to him, that he is separated and kept away from his body. So his body is probably still existing somewhere else. Headless. <laughs> or with somebody else's head on it. And he's actually Jack Hartness and the doctor. Can you tell I've been reading fan fiction? <laughs> I'm just a big nerd like you. Except I'm a big gay one. What, how's that different? <laughs> Not all nerds are gay! Someone just came up to me um, in the line and they, they said, you know, bless his heart, because I love when people are trying to be, you know, in on things and like they're progressive and, you know, trying to be up on, you know what I'm trying to say, right? And he walked up and he said, so, how nice to meet you. And I went, nice to meet you too. He said, so how's the wife? And I went, excuse me? Thinking the person didn't know I was gay. He says, no, how's the wife? How is he? I'm, uh, you know, I thought maybe, you know, how did you like when, when you met him? And I went, well, just to explain to you that it doesn't work like that. <laughs> We're two men. He's like, oh, okay, thanks. Thanks for that. Thanks for that. So I thought, you know, it, it's interesting to then see how, you know, people, you try to do it in a nice way, right? But it was interesting to me that someone had that perception. So I'm going to go home to Scott. I'm going to go like, I guess you're the wife. <laughs> six foot four <laughs> at my table. Um, no, it was a young lady came up to me. It's the first time I've ever had somebody say this. They, uh, it was a young girl, probably about 18, 19, and she put her picture down and she said, um, can you sign this for my two dads? And I, and again, and I'm just, I, I welled up and she looked at me, she went, what's wrong? I said, well, that's something that I fought, you know, fought for and been out there push for so that someone of your age eventually one day would come up with no qualms, no, you know, uh, preconceived things and just say, this is for my two dads or this is for my two moms. So it was a huge moment for me in Boston. Thank you. <laughs> uh, next question. Uh, yes, right in front. Okay, I just was wondering, how did Gishwas go? Uh, oh. <laughs> Gishwish is um, is still going, I think. Is it done? It was done yesterday. Well, I helped out with a couple. I did. I helped out with a few. I helped out with one with a porcelain with a head covered in duct tape. Uh, I did a couple of things, and uh, one with a, a paper mache head. Um, there was a guy, one of my guys that I know from one of the other comic cons. He lives in Utah, and he's. He's one of the 300 boys. <laughs> and thank God you got a brace around your leg because you'd be running after him and I'd trip you and break your other one. <laughs> and you would mind control your wheelchair and beat me to him. <laughs> 
so there's a, uh, uh, yeah, but he um, wanted me to do something with some duct tape and a t-shirt, and I thought, well, you want me to come to Utah and do that? I love Mormons. <laughs> oh, you're all very religious sensitive here in Boston, aren't you? Get that out the fucking window. <laughs> I don't speak like that all the time, girls, no. They're like, yes, you do. We've heard you. Uh, uh, yes, sir. Question. Yes. Can I hear your autograph? No. They won't let me do that here because, and I'll explain why, and now I have to explain it, you dodo shithead. <laughs> because a lot of other people are waiting in line, and the, the con, they have to pay for that. I get a fee, they get have to pay for it. And if I do that for you, it's extremely unfair for all of those other people, correct? Sorry. And if I also did it, he would come up and he'd break your arms, and I do not want him to do that to you. He can try. He, he, tr he can try. Oh! <laughs> Next to anybody else. Yes, right there. Uh-oh. Uh, yeah, we're in that life. You are? Good. <laughs> I'd like to watch that. <laughs> Especially you with that beard. <laughs> tickle, tickle. <laughs> she knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> On your face, right? <laughs> yes. Um, so, uh, big fans of your work and um, and not only on Torchwood, but actually... No, really, the question is actually more of a thank you. Oh, okay, go on. Uh, uh, Let me know. just light up a cigarette here. Uh, everyone here is well-versed uh, with the many wonderful things you do. I don't know how many people know that uh, what amazing things you've done also for the uh, deaf community. Yes. Well, um, my wife and I actually have a daughter who is severely hard of hearing, and uh, your work, the experiment you did where you were, uh, you had your hearing suppressed, and the write-up you did on that was inspirational. I just wanted to thank you for that. You're very welcome. Thank you. Or, or... Very funny. So I came out, uh, when we, I do a pantomime every year in Glasgow, Scotland, and uh, when I first did it for the first time, when I did it in, uh, uh, in um, the South Coast near England, uh, sorry, near England, in England, near uh, London, I walked out um, and we were doing, nobody told me, nobody told me, this was my first experience, because I have signers for every show that I do, I make sure there's a sign, we have at least one show every two weeks that we can get, you know, now for uh, a hard of hearing or deaf people. And um, I came out to this one particular show, my first one ever, and it was, I was like, so excited, it was such a good show. They were a very quiet audience, I don't know why. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, I'm gonna run down stage, I'm gonna go, wow, and I'm gonna go, cheer, da, da, da. and I run down stage, and they go, what the hell are they waving at me for? <laughs> get it. Didn't get it. Um, no, and if you don't know, the, it's, uh, I do, I'm, I'm one of the celebrity patrons of uh, the charity Hearing Dogs for Deaf People, where we provide, sorry, my breath now, we provide dogs for them so that if they're in, you know, living by themselves, 
The dogs will alert them to problems, to people at the door. Uh, it's also very different because if you're walking down the street and someone is deaf or hard of hearing, you don't know. So you may go up and have a conversation with them. And in order for some people to lip read, you have to look at them. And that's a total lie because I know deaf people who read lips from miles away and they're like, we know exactly what they're saying. <laughs> so be careful. Because them sons of bitches deaf people will tell your secrets. <laughs> Quietly. <laughs> but um, it raises money for the dogs to help out deaf people in the, the hard of hearing community, and it's um, really great. And I went what they called, I wasn't 100%, but I went deaf for a day. They blocked my hearing completely, and it was the most amazing experience in a good way and in a bad way, because I changed in the 24 hours that it was doing in good ways and in bad ways. I'm very outgoing, I became very reserved. And also people around me, very close to me, treated me differently. For instance, my manager, I was trying to get him to fix my phone and do take a picture, take a picture. And having him say to take a picture. And he's going, what? I'm saying, can you fix it? I can't hear it. And he went, oh, give me the phone. I was like, well, you're not getting your 10% anymore. <laughs> So yeah, it was interesting, and if anybody wants to look it up, go to my website, it's all connected, and thank you very much. Yes. Yes. Oh, and also, I have to say, because I'm really proud of it, it's part of the reason with all the charity work that I've done, I got, I got an MBE from the British government and the Queen. Yep. So I truly am now a Queen. Um, <laughs> I'm a member of the British Order, and I get it in about the next uh, five, six weeks, they'll announce, uh, it's already been announced, but I'm very pleased with it, very chuffed for my work in the entertainment industry and for charity, so cool. Yes? Um, well, it's, it's about your character on Doctor Who. Are you telling me about him, or are you... <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> you know Captain Jack, and you know he's by set? Yes, I played him. <laughs> And very nice jacket. You're welcome. Your braces should be a little bit more over by your hip bones. Not, not by your panini. Oh my god, please tell me you're 18. And if you're not, shut up. Go ahead. You know how it's worse when you're a lot more serious than when you're a doctor? Yes. Hell no. <laughs> you see how I am. Um, <laughs> look at you. <laughs> Just sit down again like you were over there. Sit down, don't sit down. Right there. Just don't sit down like you were over there. Look at that packing out down there. <laughs> What's your name? Zach, no, you can't go back sit over there. You're going to sit there, and I'm going to tell you when you can move. <laughs> to all the gay men out there, you're welcome. Uh, it, was, it was very easy. I mean, as you can see, there's, I have moments where I'm just an outrageous idiot, and I have moments where I'm very calm and quiet. I mean... My nieces, they know that I'm, I am a, a crazy, aren't I? Yeah. yeah, and when they are with us, you know, we're at the house and 
They were just in Palm Springs with us. It was just nuts. You know, we just, we have a great time. So I kind of bring that into my characters. Captain Jack, the reason he was much more frivolous in, in Doctor Who is because he's part of a team. The Doctor is the leader. And therefore, Jack, really having already lived part of the Torchwood and still being part of Torchwood, which he didn't know at the time because it's getting really timeline frenzy in my head right now. He, um, so he would be able to kind of go, oh, I don't have to have this pressure on me. I can have fun because the doctor's the man, right? And I'm the wife. <laughs> so it's that, it's that kind of thing. So then when he goes into Torchwood, he is the leader of the pack. He's got to have the responsibility, make the tough decisions, and get into, you know, and control. And that's why it's a little more serious because he's carrying the weight of everything on his shoulders, and he is like the doctor in that sense, but when he goes with the doctor, that weight is lifted, and he doesn't worry about it because he's, he lets him take on the responsibility. So yeah, but I'm glad you noticed the difference because that's one thing I wanted to happen. We wanted it to be completely different, yeah? But still have a line of truth through it. Young man, I will get to this side, don't worry. I'm not, you know, left unfriendly. Sometimes. Sorry? How's your day? My day's fine. I thought you said something rude there. <laughs> I was about to say, sit down. <laughs> you would have smacked him. Thank you. <laughs> it's an older sister's job. Yeah, I know. I have a sister too. But then the best thing to do is pin your sister down and lick her face from chin to forehead. <laughs> right after you've eaten pizza. <laughs> yes, you may. Go ahead. You may shake my hand. Thank you, you might speak up. Can you two must see everybody? You can't ask to shake my hand. There you go. As a sister, and I just said, hey, this is like... <laughs> All right, this side. Yes. Yes. Uh, how do you go about picking the characters that you tie? I know, like, I did theory work in college and all that, and so when you're looking at a character, it's really, for me, it's always been, like, what their personality is, and how bizarre and weird and crazy. What is it about a character that draws you to want to be in that performance? I'm probably going to disappoint you with my answer. <laughs> because I, I, I don't tend to think things like that. And I know, and I went to, I went to university, and I studied, and I, you know, I was six months away from getting my degree, and I didn't because I got my first job. So, I, but I never, characters have always come to me, and I've been fortunate when they have, uh, when I first auditioned for my first job and I got it, it was Billy Crocker and anything goes in 1989, and I had a great time playing him, right? And I was, it was a phenomenal way to kind of start in the, in the theater world. I've played everything in the theater world from a, a cocaine addict, a heroin addict who, you know, has a mistress and a, a part of a political family. I've done Chris and Miss Saigon. I've been Rollin Phantom. I've been uh, a murdering homosexual uh, kind of uh, guy who loves to have sex with dead bodies. So there's a, a lot of different characters that I've played, and now I'm a psychopathic father who likes to murder people in a city. Do you know what I mean? Um, so there's, uh, I, I, when the characters are brought to me, I, it's my challenge as the actor not to go, what, what characters do I want to play? But when they go, there's the character, there he is there, <laughs> we want you to play him. I look at him and go, awesome, okay, so write the dialogue, 
I'll find a bit of myself that is part of him, and I will bring that out. And that's what I try to do with every character. With Captain Jack, it was my flirtation, right? Because I flirt all the time, don't I, girls? Don't I, Nick? It was Nick, wasn't it? No. Thank you. Why is it, sir, when you say his name, you go, it's Zach. Honey, it's Zach. I was thinking Nick the Dick, but that's, you know. <laughs> Call me. Um, so that's how I go about it. And with uh, Malcolm Merlin, Malcolm Merlin, my bit and my added bit to him, because I'm, I'm not a dad, so I take what I've done with my nieces and nephews, you know, and, and, and relate to that. But Malcolm Merlin, I bring my smile. So that's the way I look at it. I try not to look at them as characters because on theater is different. You can play a character in theater. On television, you play a personality. So if I can bring part of my personality to that character, you guys, which I'm so glad, go, ooh, he's a bad guy this time, but I still like him. <laughs> ooh, he's Captain Jack. I love him anyway. So I hope that answers the question, yeah? Um, let's go with boobies. <laughs> Not you, behind you. You can be next though. You're, she's big boobies, you're medio boobies. Two part question. Yes. One, will we ever see Captain Jack again? I have no idea, that's a question for Stephen Moffat, the BBC drama department, and Russell T. Davies and Julie Gardner. <laughs> not gonna get your boobies out. Cause they look like they could kill somebody! And Daddy over here's got a beard that does some tickling! But I don't know how wifey feel about it. She's like, it's okay! <laughs> Come on down. Have you blackened your eyes ever? No. Really? I don't believe you. They're who? They're fannies? Triple chocolate brownies? Cheesecake and Guinness. Really? Oh, I'm just gonna lean. Are you talking about her brownies are really good or... Oh, sorry. It was like a shelf, I had to lean on it. Exactly the same thing. And I'll tell you, she's got more to worry about Eve than you do about me. <laughs> I did say there, that's a shelf. She wouldn't know that it's an entertainment center. <laughs> now, Medio Booby. Yay! You have lovely boobies too. You're welcome. I love you, by the way. Thank you. Um, what was your favorite 
part about being in the producers was that was Mel Brooks. I loved. I, well, also, I just love being in a Mel Brooks movie. Do you know what I mean? Um, and the fact Mel Brooks and I, when I was recording the song that day, that song took two weeks to do, and um, uh, we uh, were recording it, and you know, in the studio first. And he's, I was talking to him, and the guy, the producer, came, other producer, other producers came on. And he said, "Could you guys shut up? You've been talking for an hour. We are late." So I held the whole, we held the whole production. I was like, "Well, when Mel Brooks talks to you, you're allowed to be late." <laughs> Uh, we were filming in uh, a part of Brooklyn where it was a very uh, predominantly strong Jewish area. Yeah. <laughs> Crap is right. <laughs> because we were in our outfits. Nobody told us. Irony. In the parking lot, dancing and doing the, and the, the Busby Berkeley with the swastikas and spinning. And nobody said anything, and then 20 minutes into rehearsal, Mel Brooks came running out, he's like, GET THE HELL IN HERE! We're like, what? He's like, look at the fence! There was a swarm of black around the fence, because a lot of the guys had come out of the, the, their houses, um, and I forget the, uh, uh, the Orthodox Jewish community, they'd come out, that's why we go, we can see it was black, and these faces looking like, Really? <laughs> really? No, buy the album. 
Uh, it was, um, I got a cough. It was, uh, uh, what? Glasgow, 
and I was asked by uh, the Commonwealth Games people to op do the opening ceremonies and to do that. And it shows out to 52 Commonwealth countries around the globe, where, if I'm correct, 48 of them, it's illegal to be gay. So, hmm, John Barrowman, the biggest gay in the world. <laughs> doing the Commonwealth Games. So we had another woman singing, doing it with me. She happened to be a lesbian. So we're covering both spectrums. Now, we didn't want to make an issue out of it. We thought, you know what, that would be enough. But we're doing this whole thing and we're talking about it in the song about Gretna Green, okay? And Gretna Green is a place where the English used to come to in Scotland when they were too young to be married. In Scotland, the age was lower. You could be married, right? Um, because we're just like that. Uh, so, you go to Gretna Green to get married, so we were talking about Gretna Green and we represented in the dancers, women, you know, two girls, and a man and a woman, and they, they, they said in the script, what we'd love you to do, John, is be on top of the truck, the guy to climb up the truck and kiss you, and I went, well, why put it on the truck? Why not put it right down in front, with the guy there, so you've got girl, girl, boy, girl, boy, boy, I give him a big surprise kiss, and we say, here's to equality in Scotland, because Scotland passed the law, you know, many years ago, it's not, it was not illegal to be gay, but also the equality of marriage law was passed ages ago. And didn't think anything of it, right? We thought it's gonna be no big deal. However, in the broadcast, we didn't tell anybody, because when you broadcast something, you have to list what you're gonna do. We forgot to put the kiss in. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Because then, Nigeria and Zimbabwe and all the places and, you know, Australia where you can't get married, they would have to see it because they wouldn't have time to hit the little button and bleep it and blank it out, right? Hmm. <laughs> that was nothing to do with me. <laughs> so we did it and it caused they, you know, there's a term in Glasgow, it's called the Glasgow kiss, where you headbutt somebody, right? Now they're calling it the Glasgow kiss. The press, the press went nuts, the, but in a positive way. It was so, for me being a Scot and, and uh, you know, having been born there, and I was so proud to be there that night to have made an impact with something that I didn't think would make an impact, was just incredible. Not only that, but a couple of days back, because of the kiss, because of the discussion that it raised, Uganda dropped all of its anti-homosexual laws. So, welcome to the 21st century, Uganda! Because as we all know, the 21st century is when it all changes, and you've got to be ready. So that, and if any of you want to see what it is, look up John Barrow in Commonwealth Games. You'll see the eight-minute segment, and within that, you'll see the kiss. And it's, it truly is something that I now am so proud of. So proud of. Yes, uh, in the orange. I will do the back row in a minute. My question about the Doctor Who universe, um, in a battle against a weeping angel in silence, who do you think would win? With myself? <laughs> oh, no, a weeping angel in silence. Um, Ooh. You stumped me. I know, that's the thing. Silence don't blink. Uh, see, this is what I love about sci-fi geeks. We're already debating it and I haven't even begun yet. 
So, Silas can blame, but... Correct. So, it's a paradox. What? I'm slightly getting, I'm slightly getting turned on by all of your comments. Because that's what I love about... <laughs> Make sure I don't have a tummy in that. <laughs> that's what I love about sci-fi. That's what I love about you guys. That's what I love about being a nerd. Because we can have these debates and we think nothing of it. Because you know why? It's real to us. It's so real. Go to the back row. Big fan of Captain Jack. My daughter just got me into Doctor Who like last month. God love your daughter. Welcome to the world. <laughs> Say it again. It's our bonding thing that we do. That's the other thing I love is a lot of fathers and daughters, fathers and sons, and all that kind of stuff, and uh, they everybody kind of gets together. It's a bit, that's one of the things when we came back with the revamp of Doctor Who. That's exactly what we wanted. I, I, when I, 
Whether or not that's in any written down statements, that's what I was told by my agent who talked to the casting people of the show, right? After I went to the, the meeting and the producers called and stuff, they said, I said, look, I want to know why I didn't get it. I really want to know. Uh, John, apparently you weren't gay enough. <laughs> so they hired a straight man to play someone who's gayer than me. <laughs> really? <laughs> but I thought it very funny. That's very funny. That's why we were all laughing and chuckling. Yeah. So look me up online. You'll see some of the gay shit you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> Particularly me in a big dress with high heel shoes on and a wig. <laughs> Singing I am what I am. And I'm not joking. Yes, that back row up there. They're all pointing to the girl with the green thing. Well, apparently I'm gay, so let's tell her. Bring the turkey baster, come on. Um, I played a Disney prince. I was uh, uh, the Beast in Beauty and the Beast. And um, uh, that was awesome. That was a good show to do. Uh, it was a very heavy costume to wear. Uh, I, I, you know, your mom, who was the, the second part? Your mom loves me. I'm lush. Such an English word, I love it. You are lush, darling. You're lush. What's wrong with you? I'm lush. I can't hear you. She knows you're gay, don't worry. That's what I love about the English. They'll let anything go by, they don't care. They're like me, they're versatile. Anyway. You guys are tough. Uh, the gentleman way in the back. Yes, you. Doctor. <laughs> I love you. Oh, is it? I love you. Yes. Uh, I kind of have a, a two-parter, but, but I, just for one, I'm a really big fan of all your work and everything. But um, first question, uh, like, do you still keep in touch with any of your old uh, co-stars? Or anything like David Tennant or Billy Piper or anyone like that? Well, all of us have gone off to do different things, right? And in the, the acting world, we're kind of like gypsies. We, we go off and do other things, and then like, for instance, I haven't seen you in a couple of months. We get back together, and then we have a great time. And then we dance naked in our hotel rooms. <laughs> Not knowing that there's glass on the You guys, do you know this story? Yeah. Yeah, not knowing that there's, on the other side, that there's a building with mirrored windows where the rest of the hotel can see us. <laughs> and it's impressive. Probably. <laughs> he said, call me, no problem. <laughs> I have another half, too. <laughs> oh, come on! Yeah, so we do we do speak to each other. I yeah, I text David every so often. In fact, there's the text I've still got to send him from yesterday, where every, where the whole audience said we love you, David Tenninch. Because that's his nickname. Because <laughs> of his feet. Uh, yeah, so we do, and then some of them we haven't seen. Like I haven't seen Naoko in a long time, but. You know, every time I see Naoko again, it's like when you see each other, you pick up from where you left off, and Naoko's my ping-pong buckaroo. Because she has a talent with ping-pong balls. Uh, this back row. What's that? We need to wind it up. 
Girl, don't say that because they will attack you. Who's next? But yeah. Yep, we got we got room for five for five more questions. Okay. All right. Quick, five quick questions. Right in the back. Quick. It's my birthday. I just want to hear you speak in your Scottish accent. Oh, that's, uh, that, that's not a question. So let's figure out a question. I'm just gonna sit down. <laughs> You might see him in other things, but not a swishy coat. Captain. Yes. Um, one of your earliest works I saw was Shark Attack 3, Nightmare on. Can you tell us your experience on that movie? Or? That's not really appropriate. <laughs> because what do you say? I take you home and eat your... Anyway, that's the famous line. That was a line that I kept in. The word that I was supposed to say rhymes with Lucy. And, and I said it, and they kept it in. It was a joke to get an expression out of a woman that I was working with who had so much Botox she couldn't even move her face. Um, and it, it didn't get any expression. She still went like that. Uh -huh. <laughs> but it was a fun movie. That movie bought my first house. Yay! Yeah. Um, the, uh, I'm going to tell you a quick story because this is a, quite a funny story about Scott and I. Someone asked me to tell this early, and this will wrap things up. So sorry, we'll just end it in with questions here. Scott and I were traveling once through um, uh, the, uh, uh, the southern part of the United States, through the bayous, and we uh, rented a car, we rented a Jeep Cherokee, it was lovely leather interior, and we were having a great time, and we'd been out the night before, I don't know what we'd eaten, but I had an upset stomach. And I felt a bit gassy, so I'm sitting in the car, and I'm in the car, and Scott says to us, where are we going to go? I said, let's just go to the bayous. Let's go see what the bayous look like and the deep, the dams, and the dikes. Although we live next door to one, I want to see what a real dike looks like. <laughs> um, so we're sitting in the car, and I'm driving. He said, you okay? Come for us. I said, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. No problem. I just got a fart. <laughs> so I thought, you know, just go, as you do in the car with your loved one. <laughs> right? And I went, <laughs>
make it so.